Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, how local people work together to enable their local green space to become a nature reserve. But first, while St Albans District Council has been sent back to the drawing board by government planning inspectors with its local plan, Wellin Hatfield Borough Council is proceeding with theirs. A local plan is a document created by a local authority to give a blueprint for growth in their area. One of the main objectives is to set out areas where substantial amounts of new housing will be permitted. When Wellin Hatfield Borough Council drafted their local plan back in 2016, one of those housing areas was to be a new village on Greenbent land next to Simons Hyde Wood between St Albans and Hatfield, owned by Gascoigne Cecil Estates. Back in February, John Gardner from the Save Simons Hyde campaign group was delighted with the news that Welland Hatful Borough Council had decided to remove Simons Hyde as a proposed housing site from their local plan. But things have taken a bit of a turn for the worse for the local campaigners. What's happened? Well, I spoke to John Gardner of Save Simons Hyde to find out. John, thank you very much indeed for, for joining me. So, back in February, you were ready to pop the champagne cork. Simon's Hyde was saved. What's happened? Yeah, in January, we were delighted. Um, we knew that the inspector had the final say on the removal of Simon's Hyde. It wasn't totally within the councillor's gift. But we assumed, with all his previous statements, that um, that would be something he would be happy to do. Right. And he didn't. Well, the inspector... in himself hasn't made any objections to it. In fact, in his summary after the um, consultation and the examination in March this year, he said, I've previously said that Simon site should only be considered if they're not sites that could be developed in more sustainable locations. And when we heard that, um, which was after I spoke to you last, we went, great, you know, it's exactly what we want to hear. When we talked about it in January, there was a very clear vote um, by um, the entire council. So, I mean, this was a cross-party where um, everybody was clear that Simonside should be taken out. So we were very surprised to see that in September a series of documents were published apparently putting it back in. It's not just back in, though, is it? It's back in and more. Well, I think part of the problem is the words the um, inspector used, which is about sustainability. And the argument that the developers are making, which again I find hard to understand, is that if they add 400 houses to Simon's Heights, so taking it from 1130 to um, 1500, it will be more sustainable because the previously promised bus service, bus service will be more viable. But I, I, I have to wonder whether with a further 400 houses and presumably you know, six to 800 more cars, whether there will be more honest traffic on the roads. And I can only imagine there'll be more. I don't believe that people will suddenly start using two once an hour bus services. We certainly, you know, given the behaviour of people around Hertfordshire generally, it would look unlikely that that would be the case, wouldn't it? So you've gone from having a proposal for just over a thousand houses at Simonside now to about 1500 houses. Um, and it's back in the um, the proposal for the local plan. Just give us the bullet points for, you know, you've explained that traffic's going to be an issue, but bullet points were why you think the area around Simon's Hyde is inappropriate for development. 
Well, I think one of the strange things we've seen over the last six months, because I live um, just about a kilometre away from Simonside, is just how many people really make use of this area for walking, cycling, and, you know, just getting out into the green belt and away from the lockdown. It's more important than ever that we actually make use of the local facilities and the local um, green belts. And Simonside is one of the few places between Wellin and Hatfield and St Albans where you can actually be in absolute and perfect quiet. You know, you, you walk there and there is no traffic. Once, once you're in the middle of it, it's gorgeous and it's quiet and um, we need to get away from it. Um, and, and just briefly, your other concerns about about building houses on the Simonside side? Well, I think one of the arguments that the developers have made is that it won't coalesce with Hatfield Garden Village. Um, they made previously a lot of guarantees that they would protect the one kilometre gap, which makes it all the more surprising that when the inspector questions the sustainability, um, that their answer is to sacrifice 30% of the gap and reduce it to only 700 metres um, as a way of doing it. It makes you question whether um, the gap will last beyond this plan and when we're having the conversation about the next local plan, whether they might not go, well, we may as well fill in the rest of the gap between Simonside and Hetford Garden Village. You know, we're nearly there already. So get, just explain to us what's, what happens now. Well, there's an invitation to take part, part in a consultation. It's slightly different from last time in as much as it's not the local council that's making the invitation, but it's the inspector and his support team. So everyone who's responded to the 2016 consultation should already have received an email. If they haven't, then they can contact us and we will tell them how to get in contact with it. If you didn't respond in 2016, probably haven't been invited. Now, I, I don't think that represents all the locals and what they need to do. So I would be very happy at least to provide a summary to the inspector and the councillors of all the people locally that find that they don't have a voice this time round. They can go onto the Safe Sunside website and contact us from there. Okay, so basically once they've received their email, um, which they should already have, I think you said that's arrived on the 2nd of September, they can just respond to that email with their objections or if they didn't get that email, then they can email you. And as you say, you'll have details on your website. And how about getting in touch with councillors or, or something like that? Yes, please, please contact um, your councillors and ask them to tell you how this happened. Okay, and then presumably get back to you with the response. I'd, I'd be delighted to hear, yes. John, well, thank you very much indeed for explaining that to us. And, uh, well, um, I, I imagine I'll be inviting you back at some point uh, to explain how things are going. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Amanda. And you'll be able to find all the information you need to tell the planning inspector what you think on the Save Simons Hyde website. That's save-simonshyde.co.uk. But John tells me it'll take a few days for them to update the website, so do bear with them. They're just a small campaign group. Or as John said, you can send your objections to save.simonshyde at gmail.com. Now, there's been a more positive outcome for another group of residents concerned about the future of an area near them, the Bean Marshes in this case, and they've succeeded in having it adopted as a Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust nature reserve. I spoke to Frida Romanahol of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust to find out more. 
Frida, thank you for joining me. Great to be covering this really positive good news topic. So can you just explain to us this new nature reserve, Bean Marsh, why is it so important? Thank you for having me, Amanda. Well, Bean Marsh, it's really great news. And it's, well, it's a very important habitat in itself. Um, so Bean Marsh is a floodplain. Um, it's really rare these days. Um, so traditionally, a, a floodplain is a land that, low, that lies next to a river's edge, which would flood on occasion, as the name says. And Bean Marsh is a mosaic of habitats, which means we have some really wet areas, fen and swampy, Then we've got semi-wet marshy margins, and then we've got drier grasslands. And this, this combination, it offers a huge variety of wildlife. Um, it's rich in invertebrates. It's, it's a great place for dragonflies. Um, we have seen swifts feeding there in summer. We have seen bats on a summer's night and lots of wildfowl and garden birds. But apart from that, um, Bean Marsh it, or in its location is it's a really important link for wildlife. So um, it is a uh, wildlife, it creates a wildlife corridor between other habitats such as uh, a Waterford Heath Nature Reserve in the north and um, Kingsmeads Nature Reserve in the south. Um, wildlife needs those corridors to be able to travel between habitats. Um, so it creates this nice little uh, connection and creates a living landscape. And that is what is really important for wildlife these days. Okay, well, I mean, that sounds, I've not visited the place myself. Sounds fantastic. I'm quite looking forward to to going and seeing it. So explain how this all started. Whose idea was it that this area should be a nature reserve? So um, it started last year when the plot of land, it was put up for auction last year and um, residents got in touch with us. They said they were worried about this really nice wild patch um, that it might uh, be developed um and we did look at it and we were really interested and then the local residents um founded a charity in its own right um called save bean marshes and um they started a huge fundraising campaign so they did that all by their by themselves obviously we we consulted with them they wanted to um donate the nature reserve to us um uh as an end result and um, I think what they wanted to do was to raise as much as much money as they could to buy several plots of it. So it wasn't that one land was put up for auction. It was divided into several plots. And as time went on, they found that um, they raised enough money to buy all of it. And um, it was just fantastic to see. It was it was really heartwarming, to be honest. Yes, and what a fabulous to to see places, uh, people really pulling together to to help uh, a site that they obviously recognised was really important. And fantastic for you that they recognised the Hearts of Middlesex Wildlife Trust as a, a safe pair of hands for this really valuable um, habitat. So what difference will it make to the area now that it's a, a nature reserve? Are you planning any changes there? Um, well, yes, the uh, reserve, it hasn't been managed for a while. So as a nature reserve, it would need specialist management to really make the best of it. Um, and at the moment, it's not looking its best. Um, and we want to improve the habitat as best as we can. So what we're going to do now, so first thing is we're going to um, get some expert naturalists in to survey the land to find out exactly what wildlife do we have there, which species, 
what is it important for. Um, and then we will see, uh, get some cattle uh, grazing on there. So traditionally, floodplains like this um, would have been grazed in the past by commoners um, who would have used the land to, um, to graze their cattle there. Um, and that would establish a healthy habitat and this is what we want to recreate basically so with the conservation grazing we want to create and, and maintain a healthy habitat there um, the site sadly due to its nature as a floodplain um, it's quite wet for most of the uh, year it, there is no public access currently um, but we are looking um, to host special events there. We're working together with the community, um, with the group who has raised the money to, to hold events. Um, and they're also, if you walk down Bean New Road, so Bean Marshes is um, just off Hartford North Station. And if you walk down Bean Road, you have great views onto the reserve. And I think that's something we want to use for education purposes. So we want to install information boards. What can you see? Why is this a great place um, to really have Bean Marsh as a part of the local community and Hartford town? Brilliant. That sounds great. I mean, I'm just thinking about other people listening and, you know, there might be a sort of like really special area near them. Do you think that there's potential for other groups to raise money to have a special site near them made into a nature reserve or, or is this just a special one-off? No, definitely not a one-off. I mean, it, you know well that nature is in trouble and it needs all the help it can it can get. So um, it is really heartwarming and it's fantastic to see such passion in the community. And um, if there are other places like that, um, if there are communities who really want to make a positive change about wildlife, um, obviously it, it can be through the purchase of a site or through fundraising or through um, other areas where you where you help to improve existing areas for wildlife. Um, it, there, there's so many ways to help wildlife, but obviously, yeah, this should not be a one-off and we should ideally have many, many more nature reserves in the future. Well, that sounds like a, a brilliant place to stop there. Or should I say to start there, Frida? Um, because that's great news. And as I say, I for one know that I'm looking forward to seeing this, this fabulous new reserve. Thank you very much indeed for explaining all that to us. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thanks to everyone who has donated to, to make this happen. Big thanks to the, the the group Safe Bean Marshes who have instigated it all, who have organised it, who have fundraised so much money and also to Hartford Town Council who has provided additional funding to, to buy this place. Yeah, brilliant. Big clap to all of them. Frida, thank you. And the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust was delighted with the turnout for their Chess Valley Challenge Walk last weekend. Fully subscribed and raised them £3,000. In fact, it was such a success that the event is now going virtual. If you go to their website and sign up to do the 10-mile walk at a time to suit you. Now, everyone who registers to do the event virtually will receive guidance for this self-guided walk and a reusable water bottle once you submit proof of completing the challenge. Um, starting in Rickmansworth, the walk covers the 10 miles to Chesham through the beautiful Chess Valley. And it goes through the Trust Frogmore Meadows Nature Reserve too. In fact, I was over in the Chess Valley uh, last weekend and it is a beautiful area. In fact, I even saw a kingfisher. 
Now, with the nights drawing in, there's more of a chance to see the nocturnal inhabitants of our gardens and the countryside, and the members of the Wilderhood Watch have been delighted to hear the nighttime callings of owls. They think probably tawny owls in their gardens. Or if it's bats that you're interested in, you might be interested in the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust Introduction to Bat Ecology. It's an online event on Monday the 26th of October from 7 until 8.30. Do take a look at the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website for details and how to sign up. Now, if you missed last week's show about the future plans for Clarence Park, then head to the podcast page of the Radio Verulam website, radioverulam.com, where you'll find the podcast of that and all the other editions of Environment Matters. Do get in touch via Twitter at um, RV underscore environment. Go to the Environment Matters Facebook page or drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com if you've got a comment about the show or ideas that you would like me to cover. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.